What did you say? Well, but a sick dread. What? Well, but a sick dread. <laughs> <laughs> gentlemen this is yours truly again back on the mic the niggas of Nassau St. Antoine I messed that up <laughs> the niggas of Nassau St. Antoine Alexander Lord Jalen Willard himself and welcome to another episode of well mother sick dread mother sick this episode we gotta be um sort of tackling current events but this has been something that's really been on my mind to tackle for a long time and you know due to the social unrest that has been going on in the U.S. for the past two three weeks as well as the impact that it's had on other nations to reconsider and rethink what some of the social and racial inequalities that is taking place in their countries and what um, what different notions of oppression or different pockets of oppression that takes place in the country where it be, you know, see other forms of oppression, whether it be like xenophobia or colorism or tribalism or, you know, um, oppressing other different groups but you know instead of i could be here for a whole four or five hours trying to break that down but i'm a i always like to get to the root of the problem and i always like to you know bring it to its original space because you know we are on the original people network and if you would like to advertise on any of the platforms on the original people network whether it be this show everything cool or any others that we bring out in the future please email us at the original people network at gmail.com or slide in our dms on facebook twitter instagram you know to get our rates and we got things for the low like you know we we willing to work with your budget um but it's been a lot going on. And this episode is entitled Babylon System. And you're going to ask, Jay, why are you going to entitle this Babylon System? Well, we got to understand. Well, I, I read the um, Robert Greene's book, 33 Strategies of War. And you got to understand that when you are in a war, and which a lot of people don't understand that we are in a war, when you are in a war, there's certain things and certain mindsets that you have to have. Um, when it comes to, let's talk about, you know, the systematic oppression. It's systematic. It starts with systematic for a reason, because... When you think of a system, there are things in place in order for 
certain actions to be taken at certain times. There's certain protocols to make a machine run smoothly. So when we say racism, racism is a systematic entity. It doesn't it isn't doesn't just start and end with someone being prejudiced or someone being discriminated against based on how they look. No, it, it goes a little bit deeper than that. Because people always like to say, oh, well, what about black people being racist towards any other group or any other group being racist towards any other group? That's not technically racism. That's more so prejudice and discrimination. But racism is something that is a system. It's a system. Case in point, and why I name this Babylon system? Because... Really before um, the uh, Babylon was one of the first empires in the world. Well, not technically the first, but one of the biggest empires in the world 2,000 years ago. And oftentimes when um, they conquered the place, they, and later on Roman, the Romans took the system and used it for themselves. But oftentimes when, you know, when you conquer people, you don't, they stop subjugating them. Eventually they made them a part of their culture and sort of force their culture upon them to, to assimilate to theirs. Um, so an uh, example that may make this a little bit clearer is, okay, for all my listeners that, you know, read the Bible, in the days of Jesus, they were conquered by the Romans, but it wasn't like, oh, yeah, like they were oppressed and they was in shackles and they had to do what the Romans had to do. No. The only, the only time they even remember that they were conquered is when they had to pay taxes. But it was still run off show. They still had you know, space to celebrate um, the different cultural festivals and different cultural expressions. They still had the space to practice their religious freedoms. So it, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't in your face, but it was a system. Okay, when it comes to economics, when it, wherever that tax period was, they had to pay those hefty taxes and they realized, yeah, we're not really truly free. All of this is an illusion. And that's what Babylon system, to me, it's, an, it's all an illusion. Like you thinking that you actually free is an illusion. Let's bring it home to the Bahamas. Um. Yeah, we're out of colonialism, but we are still not independent. Case in point, we got to ask ourselves a, a few things. Like for one, why do we still have? Why do we still practice this Westminster system of governance? Why do we still have a, a governor general, which is? The, the representative of the crown or why is we still have whole island states run by certain families and certain groups which are largely more owned by the crown that don't make sense if you're really free and I just was sitting down the other day and I was thinking to myself all the governor general is really to be honest is a token is a token negro or whatever because if it's 
if the prime minister, when they're voting in, appoints the governor general, and then the governor general is a representative of the crown, and in order for laws to be passed in the Bahamas, the governor general has to sign off on them. Don't y'all see the smoke and mirrors? And, you know, and you will be like, okay, well, we, we're not under England, but it's like, obviously, and this, this is what I'm saying about you have to understand when you're in war. If the governor general is a representative of the British, why they just don't send someone from Britain to be the governor general? If that's the, if that person is the representative of the crown. But then I think people will wake up and say, hold on, we're not actually independent. Why are we still listening to the queen? But, you know, they put that in their measures to make it feel like, oh, the people chose this person to be the governor general and not that this person was handpicked. So, you know, it's, it's, it's smoke screens like that where you should wake up and say, yeah, like, we living in a system. Another case in point is, obviously, a lot of people think that we fought for independence. Or many other countries around the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s fought for their independence. And most of the times people would say the Bayman independence was a very peaceful one. One devoid of bloodshed. But what if I told you... <laughs> And this probably might blow your mind. What if I told you most of the founding fathers of Caribbean and African nations around that time, all of them went to school together? Yeah, I said it. Yeah, all of them went to law school together in, in England. Like, you know, went, went there around the same time. All of them really know each other. Just check it. Like, um, my, my, a good friend of mine, Travolta Cooper, he has a whole documentary called Black Moses. And in there, that he shows to Lyndon um, actually going to school with uh, the father of the national father of Guyana and a couple other countries. I can't remember the top of my head, but go check out Black Moses. Like, and I had to break down all of that. So, you telling me that the founding fathers of these newly independent nations all went to school together. And they were all, and well, I, I want to say indoctrinated, but they all schooled in England, and they just some like accidentally somehow all became the fathers of these different independent nations. After England um, wanted to, basically, long and short, they couldn't afford to keep all these colonies, so they was like, all right, we. We are open to the idea of granting you independence. It helps us, it helps the burden on us economically. To be, to be, you know, blatant. So, you know, once you know that, you'd be like, huh, that's fishy. That's something weird about that. And then our independence isn't even what it seems. Because Sir Lyndon didn't even really was trying to fight for independence. They was just trying to fight for self-governance. And lo and behold, we still have just self-governance because how the system is set up, um, 
we don't know how much we still pay in England or let me say the UK or the crown for independence or granting us independence. That wasn't just like something for free. However, we don't know the details of that arrangement. And then moreover, um, we also know that from the UBP to the FNM party today, um, there's always been international players that have ha had hands in our government. You know, it's never, we the people don't even really and honestly put people or vote people into government. It's always, and yeah, we may vote and this, that, and that, but it's like from the real people that be putting these people up there is the ones that back their campaigns, the ones that fund their campaigns, the ones that have their own, um, their own agendas behind the scene. And that's why you see certain contracts get awarded during probably the, the first or second um, budget debate or whatever. Because people got to get paid back. You didn't spend all their money on this campaign. Now they need that kickback. And we probably need um, political, political campaign reform. You know, so there could be a little bit more transparency to see who's donating to who and how much. Because you'd be surprised who is funding, who's campaign, and why they get this and that. But in all in all, it's like we live in a system. You know, we have the dominant society. We live in a world where melanated people are continuously oppressed. And not for because of hate, you know. But the core of it is greed. Because all hate is is confused admiration. So they still admire the people that they oppress because why you would think they would put their culture or sell their culture to the world case in point a lot of people don't know the reason why we start having junk new downtown around christmas time was one that was the only time um well from slavery time that was the only time this, around that time that was the only time when slaves could you know get off and celebrate too bringing it back more into the colonial era. That was the only time blacks could have come down on Bay Street during the nighttime. Three, that was by the design of Sir Stanford Sands when he was, the, I think he was the Minister of Tourism or Culture. And it's, it's always been the plan to make the black Bahamian sexy, never really owners. And that's been our tourism model from then, and that's been our that's still our tourism model now. Because all we are are entertainment. You know, that's why you don't ever see black majority of black Bahamians don't own much. We don't really own the Bahamas, to be honest. Or whatever we never did. Even from our grandparents' days, because again, UBPs was selling all the land taking line for themselves during that era and then after then there has been you know a few elite bahamian um black bahamians that rise up to you know claim certain ownership over things you know it's a high pick but you know they were still backed by international bodies that you know cut deals behind the scenes in order for you know a select few to get 
they're little like you know butter biscuits and you know they get a little rich the other person get really rich but they selling basically us out you know um nassau is basically segregated now there's no physical wall or physical boundary but you can see how economics is distributed as you ride from let's say for instance you go from the inner city downtown you ride out all the way out west and you can see the changes because the more you get out west the more the energy shifts the more like you know the people are different you know i had a brother my brother worked at um a clinic out west and he once he overheard one of the um, patients say ask someone well when was the last time you went into town i'm like wow see you see and i was telling like you see what you mean when the last time you went into town nasa is only 21 by 7 how you can not go into town the island <laughs> the island is literally a dark but because you know you ain't want to mix with um you know the locals and everything you need is where you at like you don't get a um the grocery store out there you know um the airport is out there so it's like you don't really gotta come into town but these are people that we don't see but that's who is really controlling everything and oftentimes we black babies think okay racism doesn't exist or anybody oppressing me it's menace them or parry them or papa them or surrendering them oppressing me but it's like fun they're basically just frontal people frontal faces it's not they the government doesn't control well the black man only controls the government the white man controls the economy so if our leaders are being funded by these entities they don't really have much control because i always say to anybody what's what's the last meaningful piece of legislation that any government official has passed to where it immediately affects the average Bahamian? i'll wait i mean in a negative way <laughs> Well, has negatively affected us because it's like, okay, we have value-added tax, which is a consumer tax. So, you know, you consume less, you don't have to worry about it. But it's like, you know, we don't have nothing to where, okay, we're paying all this back. But it's like, you know, where are, where is this going to if every time we hear on the news, you borrowing some new money, but we don't know where the fat money went. And then, you know, they have used this as a talking piece in political campaigns to oust other people so you know it makes this it makes it really hard to live in um the bahamas but the thing about it is why do people lighter than us always get preferential treatment why is there such financial disparities between groups you know I know we could get a little bit closer into um, this whole topic you know at another time but you know me 
in my, you know, in the beginning of me becoming a little bit more conscious, you know, I, I read a lot of different articles and books. You know, I would re highly recommend, you know, watching Hidden Colors 1 through 5 and 1804 documentaries by Tariq Nasheed. Um, they're going to make you understand the system that you're in. And knowing that you are at war, you know, not only just solely war at yourself, it is by design that we are at war with ourselves. You know, why... Why you think we we um there's always been some xenophobia when it comes to Haitians? Because that's been planned, that's been programmed into us. When they when Haitians started first coming here two hundred years ago, we were told by the slave masters that hey, stay away from them people. They evil. They do witchcraft. Then when they started when it was a resurgence of them coming here in the 50s and 60s when around the time we got independence we started getting a little bit of money and we saw these other groups to be like no 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 you can't get with us we start we just start getting our crumbs from white massa y'all y'all people can't come here like wake up or push up blah, 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 blah. and then that tribalism started to come into play but that all that is a distraction from what we need to really be focusing on now i'm not saying you know all all um, white people are guilty of this. No, that's why I use, you know, the dominant society. Because they are also collaborators in keeping us here at this point where it looked just like us. And we have a term for those people. Um, but understanding Babylon system, understanding you wondering why, you know, we can't come together as a people. It's because we are, we are radiating on a lower frequency, you know, based on our economics, based on, you know, our way of life, what we intake daily, not just on a physical level, but on a spiritual and mental level, the food we put in our bodies. And then, you know, and not even thinking, okay, let's revitalize our environment and build something new. But instead, we, you know, we always seek indulgence. We always want to self-loathe ourselves. you know, always getting high, always drinking, always doing this, making children that you can't take care of, you know, indulging in, um sex and being promiscuous um you know all those are distractions from where we need to be as original people you know not just here in this country but this worldwide you know we i i applaud you know my good friend lamont ashwood and the other people i forget what the guy's name is who was behind the petition to remove these colonial statues. And I, I remember some, a guy breaking down, um, you know, significance of that Queen Victoria statue in Parliament Square, where her statue is made out of white marble. Oh, it's white. I'm not sure if it's marble. Don't, I don't know, you know, I stand to be corrected. But, 
you know, how this position she's on a throne. That's the way of governance. You know, across the street, you have Samarla Butler made out of, um, I can't remember, I think copper or tin. I can't remember. Or brass. But he has a brass bust in Rawson Square. Like, you know, you have the four prime ministers murals on top of the parliament building. And it's like, you know, everyone, they look subservient to Queen Victoria. Or you have Christopher Columbus. And years ago, we stopped celebrating Christopher Columbus Day because it's like he did not found a new world. And... But again, that's a part of Babylon's system, white propaganda. Us not knowing our true history. Us not knowing that we are the original people. And the more they dig into the history of the world, the more that they find us. But, you know, the imagery of these... These statues, the imagery of having white Jesus inside our homes when that's not even the accurate depiction of who what Jesus looked like. But we keep on putting in our system and our soul that to be white is to be better. And that's not true. That's only the dream or the lies that we've been sold. But to end this on a higher note, let me give you another imagery and depiction which we really need to understand and for us to really marry our consciousness to and to become awakened to and for us to move forward past this day while you know we are in this moment of time where everybody wants a little bit of revolution as it, as it pertains to oppressed people you know we've been in the house for three, four months, all this time to reflect, all this time we can see the different disparities and different groups, different things that we need to prove upon. But let me let me give you something with this. And I think I'm going to give the benediction right here. Some other, you know, subconscious imagery. For anybody listening out there, if you ever been to the Bahamas, you are Bahamian. We have two parades every year, festival parades, right? And we call this Junkanoo, which is, you know, the meaning behind Junkanoo. A lot of people say where it comes from and in different regions, they spell it a little bit different. But it is all based on a narrative of a king who once was a slave, but was set free. And on that day, when he was set free, they had... A grand celebration where, you know, they got pots and pans and drums and rushed into the street celebrating their king that was freed. So us in the Bahamas and many of us that are in former British colonies, like, you know, Junkanoo celebrating Jamaica, um, Bermuda, you know, to a smaller degree. They don't do it as big as us, as well as Turks and Caicos, too. But. It's a festival of freedom. Over the years, we've lost the real meaning behind it, but certain things have stayed in, intact. For instance, where every when when it comes to Boxing Day and New Year's Day, all junk new groups, the starting point is always by Pompeii Square. 
Now you might wonder what is Pompeii Square? Pompeii Square is an area downtown which used to be the slave blocks where they trade and bought slaves. And it's ironic that this festival, this parade of freedom where you know us original people come together to celebrate in the streets through music and dance and it's excitement, jungle music is music where it releases the inhibitions of the soul like you know it gets the heart pumping it's like when you hear from a distance it sounds like something coming something whether it be you know like it's like thunder in the distance and when it comes it likes you know the whole atmosphere shakes like you can't hear nothing like you know you can't even keep still because your, your spirit just vibrates to it and you know essentially junkin music is war music but continuing on the the analysis of this so it starts on pompey square comes down bay street now during junkin those statues i was telling you about that queen victoria statue is blocked by the bleachers and you know that's symbolic of yeah, you might rule over us, but you ain't seeing what we seeing. You know, your your peripheral view of everything, this festival, this festival of freedom is being blocked. You're not allowed or you're seeing through the cracks and corners of this festival going on, but not understanding. So now the parade comes, you know. Uh, uh, state the stage is Rosslyn Square, Parliament Square. That's where, like you know, the most expensive seats. That's where you know all the dignitaries sit to watch the jungle groups come through, and they put on a show. And as this procession leads, it goes back around. The second lap is always Shirley Street, because the front part is always. For the showmanship, but people, real junk news would say the real show is on Shirley Street because that's where the people is, not not the people that are, you know, in higher society, but the lowly people. And you always know if you sound good, if you have Shirley Street rocking, that's where you can find the people. That's where you don't see the most barricades. That's why everybody's standing up, and like you know, they 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 just doing their thing. But as you proceed. As they leave Shirley Street, they go back over the hill where the people is on Market Street. And that's where a lot of, you know, during the slave time, or even in the colonial era, that's where, you know, people came to downtown. Now I saw to trade their goods. Now I say all this to say is we repeat the cycle twice yearly. And we don't understand exactly what we're doing. We are. Our subconscious is telling us that we are liberated, but we don't feel it. We're not, we're not connecting to what is subliminally going on. And I would implore you today to open your eyes, look, research, get connected to who you are, and you will be more powerful than you ever thought. Because Babylon's is a system, but that don't mean Babylon can't fall. And not because you are free, and you're broken the chains on your hands as you're broken the chains in your mind. Liberate yourself. 
understand the system understand that we are at war with ourselves and war with principalities and rulers in high places and you know when you think about it you just and realize about it and what's something documented you're gonna be like well mother sick but you know that's it for me today thank you folks for listening into another episode with mother sick Babylon system. I think I'm about to go into, you know, a little bit more these conscious talks, other topic points, you know. From now on, you know, let me know if you like this. If you want me to get into some other things a little bit deeper, I can, but this is just the first stop. And if you want to advertise on the Original People Network, please feel free to email us at the Original People Network at gmail.com or slide in our DMs, Facebook, Twitter. And, you know, we're going to come, we're going to, you know, give you the best kind of rates. You know, we ain't going to hit you over the head. Just help us help you. But until next time, yeah, you see. <laughs>